Okay, let's get going. So, okay, let's do a review of the uh, the LTS plan and anything that's um, um, come out of that. We've got any additional feedback from that? Um, we so we did have um, a big discussion about um, release plan for um, stable releases during this last week um, with the TSC and uh, an extra meeting to nail some of the details down. I think that went well. We've mostly come up with a workable plan, I think. James, you were um, going to be writing something up. Did, did that get down anywhere yet? Uh, not yet. Uh, I'm looking at that uh, by tomorrow. So. Okay, that's cool. Um, I, I put a blog post out there about LT LTS um, hoping to solicit more feedback, but um, the lack of additional feedback other than yay, we've got a plan is, uh, um, I, I think, promising that, that we're on the right track. Um, I don't know. Has anyone else received any additional feedback? I haven't seen any uh, anything on GitHub. Uh, I have not. Um, it's pretty well settled down. Uh, everyone kind of nodding that, yes, it, this looks good. Yeah. Ben, since you weren't directly there, did you have like any like really important outstanding questions about it? Uh, truth be told, I haven't really had the time to, to digest it yet. Okay. Okay, well, I, I'm not sure there's much else we can cover on that. Um, uh, yeah, I think I think I think we're on the right track, but um, given given the the way it's quietened down. Um, so the versioning plan, uh, I think the the only um, uh, the only detail that I really haven't heard any um, uh, any questions about that I'm surprised about is this. Well, actually, many questions about is the six monthly cycle that we proposed, um, and I think I think everyone's sort of okay with six monthly. Um, releases of stables, um, except for a few people that want V8 faster. Well, six monthly major bumps, not necessarily minors and patches. Obviously, we mm. want to have those much off, much more often. But yeah, um, but that works for LTS, so that's all good. Um, okay, um, I'm not sure there's much else we can do here. Um, should we move on to what's next? Uh, oh, uh, NPM. Kat, welcome to our little meeting. Thank you. Uh, Hi. So something we haven't covered much yet is how we're going to handle NPM. The assumption I think that we've all been working under is that we would be going forward with version 2 into um, the next release of IOJS and the next um, node, which, would, which should be within the next month or month and a half. Mm -hmm. um, but you've got version 3 out there now, um, and... 
Um, I'm assuming that you've been having internal discussions about how to handle NP, uh, how, to, how to handle LTS, so maybe you could fill us in on anything that's going on. Okay. So my understanding from talking to Forrest and people here is we're going to maintain the 2x branch um, for the foreseeable future, you know, just for a reasonable amount of time, uh, hopefully to help with the uh, uh, LTS efforts on the node side. Um, <clears throat> but once we roll over into NPM3, that's not really going to follow the same kind of like, we're expecting a much faster cycle of major version bumps. We're going to follow Simber a little more strictly, and we're not going to have like discrete release cycles where we plan ahead and do the six months and we say, oh, we're going to support this this one thing. And I think that the question for us is keeping that in, in mind that we're um, Simber-wise, we're going to be bumping things pretty quickly compared to what we've done in the past. What is our contract with, uh, what, what is our API contract with uh, Node going to be? Like, what, um, what does Node need from us uh, as far as, like, what are the expectations that your side might have about what guarantees we provide? Uh, what's, our, what's the API we're trying to keep stable, you know? I think that's a bigger, that's a more interesting question than just like a Sember number. People make weird assumptions about what's in their node modules folder. Mm, what do you mean? Well, I mean, since, since it's always been really hier hierarchical, mm. um, there's lots of stuff that depends on that. Well, some stuff anyways that breaks, I know, on three. I think that's like you know, I think the major concern sort of we had too is how, how um, they, we would put in a major version because it would store stuff and do stuff with sort of how node modules worked um, much differently. Well, you we're not really breaking the node modules thing. You could flatten it yeah. before, so it's like. That's kind of an assumption that was never in the contract, in a way. Yeah, right? it's true, but that, that happens with lots of things. Of course, absolutely. Um, so I think thinking about that, more about what is it, like, <coughs> what experience, are, what, what does Node expect to stay there when they keep the, when they have a certain NPM branch on your tree? Um, like, do you expect all the user side APIs to stay the same? Do you expect the node modules thing to stay the same, the configuration? Uh, do you just expect that you can install packages that you could release former? Or in one of the ways that we think about it, do you expect it to work at all with the node version? So that's a little easier for us to be able to say, yeah, this is going to work in node, in node 12, right? Um, uh, so that's a different layer of contract, and I think one that's easier to maintain when we're going to have these like faster release cycles. So, uh, so so as far as as far as Node LTS is concerned, you know, mm -hmm. not, the plan calls for thirty months of um, total LTS, where it's um, eighteen months of active, twelve months of of maintenance. Okay. During that period. What I would expect is whatever version of NPM is shipped um, with that LTS, 
one, that version will continue to work against the back end, no problem, as is, without, you know, with, without a um, client having to upgrade other than security, critical security fixes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there would be uh, an, an assumption that the down-level versions will continue to work, right? Um, right. If there is an up, update that um, the... Uh, yeah, and honestly, I don't know if there is if there are specific requirements on the update. Just more that the existing versions will continue to work. So downloadable versions will, will, will keep working, even though the we have, client is being updated. Well, I'm we have had discussions before about um, the the way that npm uh, uh, changes over time and whether we wanted to consider. Uh, NPM feature additions and breakages as part of our Semver contract, and and we we decided not to. But there 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 is a recognition that NPM does change a lot sometimes, and um, it, it does impact our the the API that we're giving to users, um, specifically the command line API. Um, so I think um, I I guess there's there's a couple of concerns here, and and Kat, I think you've already touched on them. One one is just Having having that support for the longer term of of versions that we're shipping, um, and having patches for them added, and have, making sure that the upstream API is um, is managed and, and still available, you know, with the registry. Um, and the other one is um, what what level of um, what level of changes are allowed to hop into those LTS release. Um, NPM upgrades. Um, what what does it mean for uh, NPM to be following Semver more strictly? Um, you, you did mention that um, because my understanding was that uh, NPM was trying to follow Semver now, um, but you're going to be following Semver more strictly. What, 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 does that Sorry. mean you're going to be covering the the, AP, the command line API more API more strictly, or what? We are going to be making like more changes over time and we're not really going to plan for them. We're going to we're not going to generate these release cycles and go like, "Oh, we'll save this for our next big version bump." We'll have a version with potentially breaking changes. Well, so for some values of breaking because we're you, you know we're not like constantly breaking APIs. We actually do pretty well, I think, as far as backwards mm-hmm. compatibility goes. But as far as like adding new things that might be small but still backwards breaking changes, we'll be doing those with more frequency. That's what we foresee in the future. It's not what we've done so far, but it's what we're, for, we're foreseeing in the near future. Um, okay, so especially it's, once it's like the, the read comes out. Right. So, so, so 3 has been a, like a really big build-up. Yes, and that's you, probably you the last time we want to do that. Okay. Okay, well, I, I think that works well, um, as, uh, and, and also indicates that we... Um, yeah, we, we probably won't be accepting major version bumps in LTS releases, but um, does that mean it's going to be difficult for you to maintain older versions for a long Most period of time? Most likely means that we will not be maintaining those branches for you. I, I understand it because we have like a three-person team. So from our perspective, that would mean that if you're not keeping with the... If you're not keeping... My understanding as far as like I talked to Forrest is that if we're not keeping up with the 
if you're not keeping up with our major version bumps, then you may have to maintain branches for those specific LTS major versions and backport patches into it on your own downstream uh, until it's until it's good to go to bump the next version because that's like a lot of branches to maintain at a certain point. Right. If that makes how, sense. How fast does npm expect to be able to um, basically bump their majors then? Like, how how fast do you expect that you could could be bumping majors? Because like we we start off bumping them really fast, and now we've kind of moved to like yeah, we could do six months and you know get everyone caught up. But mm-hmm. that's a good question. If you're, if you're doing I, it a lot more than that, then we don't have an actual number yet. That's kind of what what we know is that we're not going to do another huge thing like NPM3 was, if we can help it. Right. We're going to try and, and do little things along the way. And I don't, like, you know, it's hard to think about how many things you'd need to do to NPM to really, like, break backwards compatibility to that level to where we would be. Like, I don't, I would be surprised if we're, like, bumping it every month, you know? Yeah. It's, like, a very fast cycle. But definitely, like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you have, like, one or two a year. That, but that's like completely like random guess on my part. The idea is that we have features on the pipeline, and we might look at this feature and go like, we have to bump the right. the major version for this. Okay, so a safe assumption is oh sorry, safe assumption is once every six months. No, I I just can't give you a number. It might be like we might do two in a single month, or we might do one in a single year. Because okay. we have to do a lot of minor version bumps along the way. Okay, understood. And you won't be maintaining all the releases, so the latest bump is the only one that will be maintained. As far as I understand it, yes, with the expe- exception of uh, 2x, which will be wa- lasting for a while. Okay, thanks. I can probably. Well, it al- it also sounds like these major bumps could be um, a lot less severe than NPM3 then, so we might. We might be able to even even if we have to do case by case, be like, okay, um, you know, this one doesn't doesn't really actually break anything that we're expecting people to uh, exactly. rely on uh, in that way, and we're able to maybe somehow prove that, um, and maybe we can ship that then. Mm-hmm. Probably not to an LTS though, but like, probably wouldn't be as bad for like stable or something. But that does mean we're on the hook for. Let's say two years for maintaining an older npm release. It's a lot easier than maintaining V8 for two years. That's certainly true, but still, someone has to do it. Um, so we do have to consider as well that um, because npm drives a lot of practices in the ecosystem, that not keeping up with npm as well could be a burden for us. So the the, the classic example of this is the Semver range hat operator it was introduced mid um, 0.10 and um, because everyone started switching to it and because it became the default um, the NPM inversion 0.8 stopped working for a large number of packages because it, they just didn't support it and because there was a refusal to update NPM in the 0.8 releases uh, 0.8 basically became unusable out of the box. Is anyone familiar with the exact reasons that 0.8 couldn't take um, new NPM? That was a decision by TJ. Um, he was he was pretty strict on like maintaining uh, the the current 
uh, line. I guess it's a, a release line of um, NPM. Like no, no major updates there. And I don't know if he had a good reason for that other than, um, you know, it's too big a change for an old release. Because hmm. you know the process we have to go through testing, um, smoke testing this stuff works, and having to do that with zero A, which was effectively in maintenance mode, probably a bit of a burden. Right. So just to clarify, we might actually do like uh, development branches that we maintain for a little longer than our main line. So we, but for the most part, we are going to have a straight line. We just might have, depending on how big the breaking change is, on a case by case basis. Right. To say, so, oh, this one, we're going to maintain this for you for a little while longer. So, so what I hear sort of here is like npm 2.x is kind of. There's, there's LTS on that, but there might not be at all in the future. Correct. Oh. And that's like on a case-by-case -case basis as we see the need. And if we need more resources to maintain those extra branches, they might not come from us. That kind of summarizes, I think, our end of it. Does that, that answer that question? I think so, yeah. I, I, so I think there's two possible ways forward here. Um, we, we probably need to consider putting in our LTS plan an explicit statement about how we um, we're basically reserving the right to uh, upgrading NPM depending on the nature of breaking changes. So we, we may skip version, uh, major version bumps, given an assessment of what that actually means for the user. Um, the other one is that uh, we also may decide not to, and therefore effectively be on the hook for maintaining a version of NPM, but given the uh, history of the community being involved in maintaining NPM, it's probably not going to be a massive um, burden, particularly if we've got a lot of users of, of LTS um, and there's things in NPM that you know become troublesome, then if we maintain a, a, a version, maintain a branch of NPM, probably not going to be massively difficult to do that. And when you're saying maintaining, is it is it more than you know security fixes and stuff like that? Like, is it that we'll need to make changes just to keep things working? Oh, possibly, I think. Or, and maybe cherry picking things back. For example, the the change between two and three um, is is major enough that I think we I, I would imagine that we would say that's just just too big for an LTS. So even though flattening of NP of node module is reasonable. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, ecosystem breakage that that could uh, that probably entails. I've already seen some of it where people are hard coding in node modules, paths in their requires or or FS reads, um, and that that they've built in the assumption that they're going to have their dependencies installed directly below them. Um, and yet, you know, if if we're hoisting hoisting dependencies up into the top level, then it breaks assumptions that people are making falsely. But that kind of breakage is probably not something that we can accept in a, in a LTS minor version bump. So that, that kind of change, we, we might say, okay, we can't upgrade from two to three within LTS, so therefore we're going to be stuck with two. So either we help in the NPM repo or we create a fork and cherry pick into there um, and, and pull in changes that people want or uh, you know, maybe security or bug fixes that are important and, and release. You know, updates on two if two stop being supported, for example. Right. 
Yeah, just trying to understand how much we think would be like, you know, security things versus it just wouldn't work because there's some change, I guess, in the the server end of things. I think, I think that. Yep. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, for, in, historically, I think npm has been and and to date has been very good at um, maintaining the the server side API because it has to put up with a lot of old clients out there and it will continue to have to do so. So breaking on the server side is, is probably going to be a lot less frequent than breaking on the client side. Okay, so it would really be up to us then to decide what changes we want to pull in as opposed to being forced. Unless something came down from NPM where they said, we really need you to update this thing because our server side API has to change. Yeah, I, I think the only change that I can think of right now is uh, we may be doing a very small 1x release very s at some point in order just to get 1x to not explode when it runs into scope modules, and that's like that's how rare that thing seems to be. Like adding scope modules is a pretty big deal for npm, and that's like an actual backwards breaking thing. Mm, it's the feature edition with break engines that come along with it. Yeah, it's a pretty big one that, yeah. Okay. This may require some um, ongoing learning about how we actually handle this because we really don't know what it's going to be like to maintain something, uh, a whole branch for 30 to 36 months. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how well it's going to serve to just stick strictly to our servers for judging whether something is LTS. Uh, yeah. It sounds more like everyone expects it to be like on a case-by-case -case basis. It's like, oh, you know, between four and five, we had like this one thing that might actually cause problems. Uh, so you might want to hold off on, and stick to four for a while. But in general, I think it might be pretty safe to just keep upgrading at a reasonable pace. So with, when you're making semverge decisions, you, you, um, I assume that you are much more closely considering API changes in that. So, so command line API changes, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. which, which we haven't been. So we had this discussion early on in IOJS which, um, about whether we consider um, a, a command line API changes to be semver impacting. Um, and particularly around NPM as well. And, mm -hmm. um, and the agreement was Mostly no. <laughs> um, right. So I guess that that talks to the disparity between how we will likely be semvering and how you will be semvering. Right. Absolutely. So that's that is our main API, and we don't tend to actually break the server compatibility, like you said before. That's kind of what I was asking originally. Like, yeah, do you care about like the command line thing? Because the, our contract for semver is different than yours, like you said. Yeah. And I don't, we haven't had that discussion for LTS yet, so um, mm. maybe we consider it differently to how we we considered it in um, IOJS, um, yeah. because we we will have users depending on it and making assumptions about how it works. So a breaking command line API change might be a bit more severe. <laughs> right. No, I certainly like my first ex my first expectation would be is you know 
you can in in the same LTS release, you should be able to upgrade and not expect anything to stop working. Yeah. So if you've removed a command line option, that would certainly affect people. Right. <clears throat> yeah. But exactly what that change was, we might have to do on a case by case by case basis because it might be something obscure enough. It might be something yeah, very minor. It might be like a, a different, you know, a different spelling of a very, very rarely used verb, which is technically a sember bump for us, but probably irrelevant to most people. Mm. Something like the removal of an alias would trigger that, you know? But I guess you'd make the argument, why do that um, instead of just waiting till the next one? Right. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think we have some good information to go on here. Is there, does anyone else have any questions for Cap before we move on? I think we're good. Thank you. Okay, that's for the context. Thanks, Cap. Okay, let's move on to V8 um, and thoughts about how we might manage. V8 on the long term, given given that the V8 team doesn't care beyond their six weekly cycle, <laughs> and we have to care for nearly three years. Actually, no, we will have to care for three years plus, because we're not only will we we're taking the V8 cut at the six month, and then waiting six months with a stable release before we LTS them from that. So we actually have a full three years, um, probably plus a few weeks at least um, of V8 to maintain. Um, anyone have any ideas about how we start this discussion? Is everyone here aware of how fast V8 moves? Just to put things in perspective? Unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We've become very familiar with that. Um, so only two solutions I see is either do what Joy and Node did until now, which is to basically ignore the problem, uh, or to hire someone who can do the maintenance work. Um, but that's a rather small pool of um, of people. How much? How much do people like care about this? Because. I know of like a lot of companies that don't really seem to care that much that like there might be some VA, like V8 bugs in their 0.10. At least that's sort of what it seems like. I know maybe that's not true, but like how, how important is it for our users really? Uh, straight out bugs that are not security issues are well, of course it depends on who you ask. Uh, someone who's affected by the bug will. Mm, almost certainly think it's very important, but for most people it's something, well, they're, they can work around. Uh, but security issues are a different matter, and I think 08 and 010 and 012 have mostly right. gotten lucky there. So, so, basi far. so basically the concern is, is that a security issue will come up and um, 
how to actually fix that issue will involve um, APIs and parts of the code that would have changed like dramatically. Well, two issues. Uh, one is to identify the issue, and the second one is to, right. to fix it. Right. And right. Right. The problem, of course, is that the, the delta between uh, the LTS branch and V8 master keeps growing and growing, so becomes more difficult to tell, you know, what applies and what doesn't after uh, after time passes. Yeah. So basically. Like, even if there was a patch, you might not be able to tell at all how to apply it, because identifying how it might have worked in the old code would have been very difficult. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it might not even be able, you might not even be able to tell if the bug it fixes actually exists in the old, in the LTS branch. Couldn't you test for that normally, or...? Sometimes, not always. Right. So I guess you're saying we've been we've been lucky in 10 and 12 and that there just haven't been that many security issues on V8? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I will go even further <coughs> and say that I know of at least one issue that's unfixed in O10, but which is very hard to exploit. Uh, and so far, no one seems to have discovered it, so... Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, I guess this, the, the, the other issue here is that... Um, Node ends up being the only user of V8 at that point. Like no one else is using it. No one else cares, at least publicly. Um, so any any bugs or, or security issues that are found would be found through Node. So um, the it, it may not be that, that just that we've been lucky. It's just that um, the user base of V8 has shrunk to the point where there's not that many people looking for it um, or experiencing these problems. So. You know, I'm, I'm not sure. Like it does, I guess it, it's it's fair to say that Joint Node has basically ignored the problem, but also that um, the problem has been, uh, you know, hasn't been as dramatic as you know, what we see upstream with V8, with massive user base and quickly exposed bugs and security issues, um, because they just can't be exposed with a, a much more shrunken user base, and and use case as well. We have a very different use case to the browser, so the kinds of bugs and security issues that might come up are very different. I'll grant you the point about the interface being different, or at least exposure, um, but regarding the user base, uh, if our, our scheme, if all goes according to plan, in a couple of years we'll be the largest uh, uh, software product on the planet. That is true. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any easy answer other than trying to figure out how to develop some capability to make these changes ourselves, right? So, yeah, that's the thing. Um, what I think the best approach is is, for, is to have someone around who keeps track of development in V8 Master, uh, looks for things that are security issues, also does active scans of the, the LTS code base uh, and, well, fixes whatever needs fixing. However, yeah, you need people who are intimately familiar with the V8 code base and with V8's development process. And I can probably count on the fingers of one hand all the people that qualify. It's not an impossible task to get up to speed with that, though. It's going take a bit of work, but... You could hire fresh for that that role. The problem is that the 
you, you're basically being lumped with a task of supporting some a piece of software that no one else cares about. Yeah. <laughs> like you're, you're you're alone on a um, on an LTS branch looking at V8, um, where everyone else has moved on. It's a pretty unglamorous role. It is. And there's also the matter of ramp up time. Uh, you're working on a well big project without a lot of guidance. Yeah, I mean, hopefully you can get some, uh, not that it would necessarily be enough, but hopefully we don't have a person full-time just dealing with problems, but they'd also have time to contribute to V8 in areas that we care about, as opposed to just fixing things. So, initially at least, it's the security bugs that we need to care about. What, what's the process by which um, we can stay on top of security um, fixes from V8? I presume they have a simple way of uh, announcing and tagging these things. Um, no, not as such. At least if you follow the commit stream, security issues don't get called out explicitly. You read, read between the lines. Yeah, I think we'd 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 have to ask and get looped into, you know, with some internal contacts. I know there was a recent one where they looped us in because they were thinking, like, you know, it applied to a particular platform, and they thought, well, it might apply to to power. So they gave us a heads up. We'd have to find the right people to just say, anytime there's one, please give us a heads up. Mm, okay. That's probably not bad for us anyway, though, because if there is, you know, even in, I guess, well, I guess their their current streams, it's not as direct a path to us because we're not using them as much. At least we weren't in Joint Node more so in IOJS. So. I think that's a reasonable ask. If we're upgrading frequently, we do want to know whenever they have one. Yep. Yeah, because, it, particularly for our stable branches, we're going to be up to six months behind on that, so we'll need to know for that anyway. Right. I'm guessing, though, that in, in their case, most of it's going to be on... Like, the things that they become aware of will become will be on the stable or beta, right? Yep. So we won't necessarily be using those except in, well, I forget, I haven't looked at the latest proposal, but whatever next was equivalent. Okay. Um, so the, um, would it make sense for us to maintain a... Uh, a V8 fork repository to do this work in, or does it, or does it, is, it, is doing it within our tree simple enough? I think that decision could be made once after we get started. I mean, yeah. it's possible that we don't need it. We just have to float a couple patches, or I mean, if we're consistent, say we do, then. Basically, all we'll do is keep it up to date with latest V8. So either way, it's not a big difference, right? Yeah, I agree. Mm. 
Okay. Make that call in the future. Okay. Um, so action item here is to try and follow up with uh, the V8 team, see if we can get looped in on security. Um, fixes. Maybe we could get someone onto their security list or get them to CC our security list. Um, who who can do that? Who has good contacts there that wants to do that? I, I'm willing to do that. I've, I've talked to our contact and I can take a first cut if that makes sense. Okay. Does that sound reasonable, Ben? Uh, it does, but it does skip over the part where the LTS brands may have bugs, security bugs that don't exist in master. Um, that's why I suggested doing active code scans. But that's a lot of work, of course. Yeah, I think it's it's. You're right. It's independent. We still need to look at how we get some capability to to address things that we find and that they don't come from Google. And that we're going, or even if they did, that we would have to, you know, do something different. So I mean, this seems like if this was an area where, you know, the foundation was going to hire somebody, this kind of sounds like a fit, doesn't it? Yep. If it's not something we think people are just going to want to do, then that's the only thing I can think of. I doubt that you're going to find many volunteers, uh, right. especially unpaid volunteers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think there's this probably a something that we can punt on for now, but uh, yeah, we definitely need to keep on our radar to make sure that we um, don't get um, caught too far into our LTS cycle, first LTS cycle. Um, yeah, should, should we start talking about it to the board, though, to say this is, you know, for identifying areas where resources should be applied, this is one of them? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yep, <coughs> I would agree. Okay, so do we need to come up with a um, an initial job description then? The kinds of things that somebody would need to do because that would then determine um, you know, how much the board would have to spend on something like this. We will need to bring it up at an actual TSC meeting, technically. Also. Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah, it needs to be put on the agenda, um, or at least one of these, with uh, the description of what's needed. So we're going to need. We're going to need that job description first um, and put that on as part of the proposal for the uh, TSC meeting. Once it's approved there, then the TSC can move on to the board. Uh, I, can, I can write up a job description. Should I post it as an issue on the LTS repo or...? How about we do it this way? Post, this in, post an issue on the LTS repo and outline what it is that we are looking for. Um, the, the kinds of things that you think need to be done and then we can have an expansion of that thread um, and turn it into, so we can turn it into either a job description or a, um, a shout out for people that are interested in just assisting with this area. 
um, because we may find existing resources in the community um, yep. once we identify these problems clearly. Sounds like a plan. Um, is there anything else we need to cover today because uh, we're ending the, coming to the top of the hour? That's, that's it for me. Okay, um, Ben, do you want to take the action item of, of starting that, that issue on the, the LTS repo? Yep, I'll do that. Great. Okay, let's, let's round it out then. Um, thanks everyone for attending. Thanks. thanks. Bye. Thanks everyone. Bye. And thanks for coming, Cap. No, she's gone.